I'm Alex Gabelman. This is The Decision, the podcast where people try to convince me to finally abandon the Knicks and become a fan of their favorite team. This is episode 24, The Washington Wizards, uh, and advocating for the Wizards is Annie Rose Strasser. She is editor for two podcasts from Gimlet, Startup, and The Nod. Let's just get right to it with the Wizards. I didn't grow up watching basketball at all. I, like, got to college and was hanging out with a bunch of bros who were really into it and started watching. Uh, they were Knicks fans, I should say. Oh, really? Yes. And Wait, so we, where, where were you in college? GW in yeah. D.C. Okay, you're in D.C. So they were Knicks fans because they are both from the New York area, the two that I was hanging out with the most. And, um, and you know, the the plight of a Knicks fan, you probably know very well. So <laughs> Just a little bit. Because of that, we had league pass and watched a lot of basketball, not just Knicks games. Um, and I am I love activities. And so I was I was always an advocate for going to see basketball games live and in person and living in Washington, D.C. That means the Wizards. Um, and so that's how I started going to games. And I fell in love with John Wall and became a season ticket holder fairly quickly and just sort of threw myself into fandom. And have been a fan ever since. Hmm. So, what about John Wall was the thing that you fell in love with? He's the he's the best. He is the best point guard in the East. So, okay, John Wall is incredibly fast. He is faster on the ball than he is off the ball, which is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good person. He's um, a very good teammate. He speaks very eloquently about the role of leaders on teams and is all about his like him being a leader, his leadership qualities and improving them. Um, he spends his free time like helping kids who have terminal illnesses. He like formed a bond with this girl, Maya, who has since died. It's really sad. She was six years old. He like brought her to all the games, became like her best friend. When she died, he was heartbroken and was very public about that and he's just like all he does is basketball otherwise like he just is like super into basketball he lives in a 12 bedroom house with only cats and I mean only dogs and his mom and a basketball court and then aside from that he like helps kids with cancer and just plays basketball and he's super fucking cool and I love him So I so okay so there's the basketball argument there. I didn't know John Wall was like like I didn't I, a I never person. yeah well I never get that like you know like LeBron for example is like pretty out there about trying to be a good person which which is good I think obviously uh, but like it's interesting that I never heard about this John Wall stuff. Yeah, I mean I think nobody pays attention to the Wizards. It's like one of the hardest things about being a Wizards fan is that it's a team that is underappreciated, um, and you regularly hear. You know, all of this stuff. I The Kyrie thing. I, everybody's always comparing John Wall and Kyrie Irving, which is ridiculous to me. Kyrie Irving has played on a lot of very good teams. John Wall is an incredible point guard. And I think, like, he's just underappreciated. The Wizards are underappreciated. They're not talked about in the national conversation, as they should be. Um, and so you just don't hear about the kind of, like, good things that they do. John Wall is also... I think this is a very important thing to know about John Wall. He was really vilified. So he... When he was a rookie... He was on such a hard team to be a rookie on. I mean, the Wizards, oh, this was what, like uh, 2010, 11, something like that? It was like a hard time for the Wizards. And John Wall, like, enters the team, is trying to be really fun, and dances in his first intro. He does the Dougie. And it was cool. But Colin Cowherd, who is a racist, 
and a bad person. Colin Coward, the the sportscaster. Sportscaster, Colin Coward. What did he say that one time? Uh, about John Wall? He said he was a thug. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, I, so I think that, like, John Wall has really gotten a bad rap for absolutely no good reason. And, and... And so you just don't hear about the like good things he does. Right, right, right. Okay, I want to talk, come back to like the off the court stuff because that stuff is is really important to me okay. too. Um, but let's let's start with on the court stuff. Um, so their legacy. They only have one championship. The only like old player I know is like Wes Unseld and like Chris Webber and kind of Mitch Richmond. Right, that's kind of who I got. It's kind of it. Um, and then <laughs> except for that, one critical name you missed. Uh, who is Michael Jordan? Oh. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Michael Jordan was a GM for the Wizards and then decided that he wanted to play for the Wizards. Right. Oh, man, I forgot about that. But there's also a whole, I mean, Nick Young was a wizard. Oh, of course. Um, JaVale McGee was a wizard. Yeah, you can't forget JaVale McGee. (laughs) He was so central to the Warriors championship. And we'll never forget Javaris Crittenton, who pulled a gun on Gilbert Arenas in the Wizards locker room. To be fair, uh, Gilbert Arenas... at first was like, pick your gun. And he was like, I don't need to pick a gun. I yeah. already have my own. Also, Gilbert Arenas pooped in Andre Blatch's shoe. Yeah, he was a quote-unquote <laughs> joker. He, like, I remember him breaking, he said he like broke into someone's house once or something like that. Uh, I don't know that story, but... It, yeah, I I'm, I'll double-check that. I don't know if it's necessarily <laughs> true. Um, but okay, so we got Jordan, Unseld, all that stuff. One championship, we got the Bullets. Um, but like, what's aside, like, what is their legacy? Like... In terms of play, like how they play or like, so I mean, I think the thing, so I'm a new Wizards fan, so I don't have like a deep history of the team in the same way that I think someone who would be a fan for a very long time would. From what I have seen of the Wizards, like they've been sort of, this goes back to their fandom. I think it's really like interlinked to me, which is the Wizards are good, but they hit a ceiling, right? Like John Wall is incredible, but they have no bench. And and so the team has been in this position for a while now where they're getting to the first round of the playoffs or getting to the second round of the playoffs. This last season, they got to game seven of the second round of the playoffs, and it was so close. And I uh, I don't even want to tell you. I, like, cried in a bar that night. But um, I think the thing that the Wizards, to me, the legacy of the Wizards, the recent legacy, is that the team has become the starting five has become better and better and better and is great now and the bench has been a problem and it's because it's really hard to draw people to dc fandom um the city itself is really transient there are always people leaving like it's a city of people who come and go and so you just don't everyone comes with their own fan base like they already like the games that i went to that had the most people were always like knicks games Cavs games jazz games because there are a lot of people from utah in dc wait what why I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But so it's so the games that were really packed were games that had fan bases in DC, you know, for the opposing team. So I think they've really struggled to have like a the kind of like draw that a city like New York has or that somebody like the Cavs has with LeBron. And the team is really good. The people who are on the team are really good, but they just have not been able to do that draw of, like, new people. Well, I mean, so, like, I look at the roster, and it's like you got John Wall, you got Bradley Beal, and then, like, you got a bunch of people who are, like, who are... Sorry. It's fine. Uh, Actually, do you want to... Coaster? This thing? Yeah, here you go. Yeah. This is the this that's the Knicks jersey that I had that I got when I was like twelve years old. Throw probably it actually, in the garbage it was probably more fire. Like eight. Yeah. 
Uh, yes, the garbage fire that I actually put out today, literally a garbage fire that I was, as I was walking here, I, there was a garbage on fire and I, I put it out and it's some sort of metaphor, hopefully maybe for this podcast, but who knows? hundred percent for the Knicks. Um, okay. So we were saying Bradley, they have like John Wall and Brandy, Bradley Beal and like a bunch of other people. Who I think are that's, fun. A, I think that's, I think you're undercutting the skills. <laughs> okay. The rest All right. Of here we go. Convince me. What's up? Okay. So John Wall and Bradley Beal. Yes. They're great. Otto Porter is an undervalued player, I think. Um, or not undervalued. I mean, he like really got paid, but he, Otto Porter is very, very good. I think the team is in an interesting position because they have a lot of small, like really small people on the court these days. And so, and Kelly Oubre is the other one who actually shows a lot of promise. He's a little Nick Youngy in his like style. Yeah. So like shoot too much and do nothing else. Or is that what Nick Young was? I never really watched Nick Young. Um, yeah, a little bit shoot too much, a little bit like overconfidence for somebody who's brand new on the court. But Kelly Uber is very good at defense, which is something the Wizards really need. Um, they also have uh, uh, Gortat, Marchand Gortat, who is, who, I mean, it, he looks like he actually covers his fingers in butter before he plays wait, basketball. Wait, what? What do you mean he by that? He just drops the ball every, oh, like, oh. <laughs> every time someone passes it to him. It's like, what? Huh? <laughs> Okay. But he can run a pick. And, like, that's, you know, the thing with John Wall is John Wall just needs, like, good people who can clear space for him. I think the thing, he needs post shooters and he needs people who can basically get him a clear path. The thing that John Wall's the most incredible at is the fake jump shot that turns into a pass. It's like he's every single time. Wait, like where he leaves his feet? Yeah, so he does this thing. It's amazing. Where he drives to the basket incredibly fast. He can do it in 2.5 seconds. Drives to the basket, jumps up as though he's going to shoot, and then instead passes to somebody, either on the perimeter or even directly into the basket. And it always fucks up, like whoever the defenders are. So if Gortat's under the basket, sometimes he'll make that shot. He should make it more than he does. Or he passes out, and this is the thing that's really amazing about the Wizards, and they're and they're getting to the point where it's good. If Ubre can like really get good at threes, Porter can shoot threes really well, and Beal is great at threes, and so Wall can do this drive that, without fail, works because he can pass to one of two or three people, and so any and the you know defenders have to run in to defend him because he can make the shot right. right. But then you need somebody to defend the perimeter, but you can never get people defending enough of the perimeter and John Wall. So he can pretty much always, if he gets people open and they can, like, catch and shoot, he can, they basically can win. It's just a matter of getting those people. So perimeter shooters. Otto Porter can do it. Bradley Beal can do it. Kelly Brink will be able to do it. I have faith in him. Um, And then the other person who's on the team is Markeith Morris, who's great. Um, he's been hurt on and off. He's out again. He has a sports hernia, but um, he'll be back in December, I think. And so, yeah, I mean, the team is pretty good. They, the thing that they've always really suffered from is not having a good uh, backup point guard. Um, for a while, it was Ramon Sessions. Um, but Tim Frazier came over from the Pelicans, and he's pretty good. And I think so I think, like, upside, the Wizards are, like, getting a better team, and it's just a matter of, like, drawing, drawing more talent. Okay. So, I mean, like, the players that you mentioned are... They're young, right? So they they have a, so like if I if I join these guys if I join the if I become a Wizards fan, I have like kind of bright future thing going on. Yes. Okay. Wall has a six year contract, so he's like got a lot of time left. Okay. Beal and Porter have I think at least four each, so that's like a really long future for three young players who are really like going to hit their peak in the next couple of years. Right. Upside also, if you want to talk about like the future, I mean, first of all, look at the East. 
Just look at the East, right? <laughs> like, who's better positioned than the Wizards right now? So, um, and they just got a new, uh, like, co-owner, a 20% ownership stake from Lorraine Powell Jobs. Do you know who she is? Is she Steve Jobs's wife? Oh, what? Yeah. And uh, and she's she's really interesting. So she's actually an investor in Gimlet. So I feel like she's following what? my life. <laughs> and um, and in The Wizards and in Atlantic Media Company, or I guess just The Atlantic, the magazine. Yeah. So anyway, so she's like really doing she's like really doing the D.C. thing. Why did she? Why did she? Why? Well, so she is one of the people who was thinking about buying the Clippers back when um, Donald Sterling mm. screwed the pooch. Um, and she's just like interested. She's interested in basketball. But the thing that's interesting is like Ted Leonsis, who's the current owner, is 60. And I think he'll want to retire soon-ish. Retire from being an owner of a basketball team? <laughs> that's, he does a lot of a pretty plush he, gig. He also owns the Capitals. Oh, well. And a few t- other small. Well, okay, fair. That's fair. Fair point. You're right. It and is, sweet green. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that's, I yeah. mean, yeah. He's, and some Verizon stuff. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know if he'll want to do it forever. Lauren Pell Jobs, and I'm not saying this is going to happen in the next, like, six months, but I think over the next couple of years, like, she could be sort of lined up to be the next owner of the Wizards, which is female ownership, which is super fucking cool. Oh, yeah, cool. there's no... So is she the first No, there's the... uh, Jeannie Buss. Oh, uh, And there's, course. like, two, two others. I don't remember who they are. Sorry, I should. Okay. But, um... But yeah, there are a few. But I mean, I, really, really, I should. But I, <laughs> this is a basketball podcast true. that I'm the host of. Um, but uh, there's, but I don't know if there's any like full ownership stake like that. Um, so if that happened, it'd be super cool. Yeah, so that's some like future, like Wizards future that seems like promising and exciting and and cool. And I think they're going to get good people too. I think they'll they'll like wind up with some good new recruits after right. this dominant season they're going to have. Okay, so that's the basketball argument, like. What what like other non-basketball arguments like what's I mean, like yeah. what? Yeah, just what, what's going to like really like uh, cook my noodle or whatever. Is <laughs> OK, that the right I, I don't, don't think it is. No. Yeah. Um, OK, so a uh, question for you. How do you feel about like aggressive, aggressive, uh, like sort of competitiveness? Oh, I, I have, uh, I'm, I am that person on, to, to everyone's uh, everyone's dismay. OK, so. The Wizards are like brutally the way that they've formed a bond as a team is is interesting. One of the things that they've done is they've um they've done this thing. They call themselves Death Row DC. They okay. wear Death Row hats. Before uh, one of the Celtics games in the middle of the season last year, they wore all black to be like we're going to bury you. Whoa. Yeah. They're super aggressive. Oh, interesting. Also, Marching Gortat's like always advocating for more on court fights, which I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> but like, his father he's... was a boxer, and so he's just like really into being aggro. Oh wow, he's the he's the last person in the world that you don't want to get. Like, he's like a three hundred pound, like like seven foot. Yeah, dude. he's massive. He's yeah. massive. They call him the Polish Hammer. Okay, another thing is, um, okay, well, I'm. First of all, Jew is. So Jew is, is the mascot for the Wizards. There's a Jew couple. Is? <laughs> Jew is? Oh. <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> yeah, it's I was a like, Jewish yeah. mascot. So, first of all, Jewish. <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. And what? Um, yeah. No, so Jew is, is. So, there's two mascots for the Wizards there's G Man and Jew is. Okay. G Man being a name for like uh, FBI agents, I think. Yeah, yeah. Government or IRS man. Agent. Yeah, yeah. 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 G Man. And then G, but he's like this big blue creature with like a big like um, one of those like fake 
big chests, you know, those things, those yeah. like padded chests that make him look really like ripped, but mm-hmm. it's blue and he wears a wizard's jersey and he like does stunt dunks and stuff like that. And then there's G Wiz, who's an enigma. He's like the Philly fanatic with no nose, blue, just like shaggy and weird looking. And he looks like he's perpetually screaming. And everybody I know who likes the wizards is always wondering like, what? What are you thinking, G Wiz? You know, he's a he's a real mystery, and he's worth following. Um, so those are following. Two... Like, does he have a Twitter account? Or well, ah, that brings me to another thing. So the Wizards have an absurdist Twitter account. What? Um, it's not run by the Wizards. It's run by fans of the Wizards. It's oh. called it's called Wiznuts. <laughs> okay. Oh, I know Wiznuts. You know Wiznuts? Yeah. yeah. Wiznuts has been going on for a really long so time. So here's a here's a tweet from Wiznuts that I just want to show you. So All it's right. it's a picture of G Wiz. That's G Wiz kneeling on the ground. G Wiz looks like a witch. Uh, he's committing what is it? Sepoku or whatever oh, it's called. Yeah. The, whatever the thing where you stab yourself through the uh, chest with a sword. So he's got a sword through his chest. It's in silhouette. You can see his little hat. It's like a witchy hat, and then his like weird hooky nose. And um, he's bleeding on the ground. And the tweet says, "Life is theater, a performance, a ghost, here and gone." What? What kind of basketball team? doesn't have an absurdist Twitter account. You know, if you're picking a fandom, pick one with a weird Twitter account. I have one more argument that I want to give you. Okay, okay. About outside of the outside of the court. Well, it actually happens on the court. Are you do you ever watch CNN? I try not to, but sometimes I, I think I'm forced to. Have you seen a man named Wolf Blitzer? Yes, Wolf, well, of course, Wolf Blitzer. Wolf Blitzer is a season ticket holder for the Wizards and has been for a very long time. <laughs> okay. He comes to almost every game. He leaves a lot in the third quarter, I have to say. Wolf, calling you out. But um, he does something called the Situation Room for the Wizards, where he says, it comes, it comes up on the screen, like in the middle of the game, not halftime, probably after the first quarter usually. And he it comes up on the screen, and it's Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room. And he says, I'm Wolf Blitzer, and this is the Wizards situation. And then he does a Situation Room for the Wizards. Situation Room, his, uh, his like, TV his, show. His, like, TV show. Yeah. Every single game of the season that they have at home. Wait, like, what does he... What does he... So he'll be like, Wizards are, you know, Wizards are on the road this week. They'll be hitting, like, Utah and the Texas Triangle. Like, stay tuned for more from the Wizards. Like... As the season gets underway, it's all really vague, and I think they tape it before the season starts because it never says how they're doing. But it's amazing and so weird and so DC. And like, and what other team has like Wolf Blitzer? Yeah, that is the most DC thing I've ever heard. It's like their their number one celebrity fan is the news guy, the yeah. news a newscaster from yeah. CNN. The, the, you know, the Obamas came to games occasionally. I don't think anyone from the Trump administration has been that I've heard of, but I might not. I mean. Well, they, they haven't actually really had that much of a chance to. But anyway, so Wolf Blitzer. So there's Wolf Blitzer. There's an absurdist Twitter account. There's the very odd Jew is. There's the death row DC stuff. I could keep going. Kelly Oubre has a modeling career on the side called Dope Soul. Really? <laughs> yes. Is he is he like actually a good looking guy? Uh, I think so. Yeah, he looks a little bit like a teen. I mean, he's a teen. He's like essentially a teen. He's, he's like 21, he's 20, yeah. 20. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and then they're also, like, very politically woke. Like, the wizards are pretty. Uh, Gortat might have some questionable po- questionable politics about the Law and Justice Party in Poland. But like, What is that, like, the far right? Yeah. Well, yes, it's, like, a super dominant, relatively fascist party in Poland that's, like, essentially taken over and is, like, controlling the courts and doing all sorts of, like, 
fascist stuff. Oh, that's a that's kind of a big minus for me. Yeah. However, it's not American politics, and the rest of the team is very like anti. Bradley Beal literally t- tweeted a clown emoji at Donald Trump. Really? Yeah. And and John Wall, I'm just going to read you this quote about the kneeling. So the, you know the kneeling the the. First football players and then basketball players inspired by Colin Kaepernick have been kneeling during the national anthem as a statement about Black Lives Matter and and white supremacy and racism. So John Wall gave this quote about the NFL and um, and his interpretation of, of that league. If you look at us and our players association, Chris Paul's president, most of our franchise guys and big time players around the league are African-Americans. You have Chris Paul, you have Dwayne Wade, you have Carmelo Anthony, you have LeBron James that went and talked out at the ESPYs. That was their talk at the ESPYs where they were, like, talking about Black Lives Matter and police brutality. Um, African-American guys come from college and are great quarterbacks. You go to the NFL, and what do they try to do? They change our position. Why? Because franchise players are quarterbacks. You have those guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Love those guys. Very talented. Until those guys come out and speak. I don't think the NFL is going to make any adjustments. Pretty, like, not only is it, like, pointed politically, but it's also very pointed toward another league, which I think is really interesting. Right. And he's also a really good advocate for, like, what the NBA is doing right, which I think is cool. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, that's good I, politics. I, I, that's, like, like good for good for him for, like, like not just sticking to, like, the, well, you know, I want to on the court 100%, whatever, yeah. sound bites, like, for actually speaking out, which is a big, which is an NBA thing in general, I think. But, like, that, that's pretty, point, like you said, pretty pointed. Yeah, and, and the other thing that I think is a good thing to know about the Wizards is that they were previously the Bullets, the Washington Bullets, and they changed their name when gun violence was really bad in D.C. Um, and I think, number one, that just shows sort of, like, a political awareness in a franchise that's that you kind of want to see. Mm-hmm. But number two, especially in Washington, like, setting the precedent of being able to change a name is like a really important thing. You know, that is a that is a city that can use an example for how to change your name and maintain your status as a team. Right, yeah, with the Washington football team. Yeah. Um okay. Okay, so these are these okay, <laughs> so, so those I'm are my arguments. Pretty, this is good arguments. Okay, so um, we're going to take a quick break, uh, but when we come back, Annie Rose, uh, you're going to make your final pitch to me Perfect. for being a Wizards fan. Stick with us. Live and direct from New York City, this is Scott Kappelman. My brother has annoyingly asked me to read this, so I'll read it. The decision is sponsored by Alex's Twitter feed, at Alex Kappelman. The best way to support the show is to follow Alex on Twitter. That's A-T, Alex Kappelman. Fuck, fucked it up. It's at, that's at Alex Kappelman. Why are you gonna write A-T in capital letters and then just Alex Kappelman? Anyways, back to the show. Okay, Annie Rose, this is your this is your final opportunity to sway me to be a Wizards fan. So what's your what's your final argument? Okay, final argument. So the Wizards are such an American team. They're based in Washington, DC. Their colors are red, white, and blue. They have an incredible mascot, G Wiz, true enigma, person we will never know. Person, we don't know. Does he have a family? People want to know. John Wall. Incredible person, incredible basketball player. So fast. You got to go watch. Just go back and watch video of him doing that drive to the basket, fake jump shot, pass out. You got to watch it. They're going to make so many threes. It's going to rain threes. They're the best backcourt in the East. Um, They have a ton of upside. They've got three really good players signed for at least four years. Um, And Kelly Oubre on a rookie contract trying to impress everybody. So he's going to do really, really well. The East is kind of a mess, so their trajectory looks even better. 
And like, look at the series last year with with the Wizards and the Celtics. Like that was some of the best basketball of the entire playoffs. It was amazing. Like John Wall put in so much effort. Everybody on the team was like dying on the court, doing everything they could to succeed. And like it paid off and they were just one basket away from a win. And next year, this year, this season is going to be the season that they make that basket and get into the Eastern Conference Finals. And if you become a fan, you can say you were on board before that happened. Ooh. Who else can offer you that? This is okay. These are all these are all really good arguments actually. Like I so I was neutral before and now I'm pretty positive. So Great. like this is like this is like that red, white, and blue thing also got me really jacked up. See? You so just want to be proud to be an American. Yeah. You know? Okay, so this is <laughs> The wizards can do that for you. The wizards can do that for you. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, wow. Okay. So I have a lot to think about with this. Um Annie Rose Strasser uh, is editor for two podcasts from Gimlet, Startup, and The Nod. You can subscribe in your podcast app of choice. Uh, Annie Rose, thank you. Thank you so much. This was really fun. We picked the wizards. (laughs) (laughs) The Decision is produced by me. Original music from Louis Stein, Alessio Romano, and my little brother, Scott Kappelman. I'll be releasing five new episodes of the show every weekday until Tuesday, October 17th, when I release the final episode of my decision. Until then, I'm at Alex Kappelman on Twitter.